Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're doing well. Many people have been asking us if we have a new home yet. We don't know, um, but we hope to know this week. Uh, everything is looking truly wonderful, and we will let you know as soon as we know that's a promise. Sometimes things, no, most of the time, things take longer than we wish, but we're doing fine. I pray that you are as well. We had a glorious weekend. Um, of the exaltation of the Holy Cross on Saturday. And then um, Sunday, of course, was Sunday in the extraordinary form, the 14th uh, Sunday after Pentecost. And also, because it was the 15th of September, it was Our Lady's uh, feast day of Our Lady of Sorrows, which is very, very special for me. It's been my own personal feast day for a long time. And very, very special. Um, so it was a glorious weekend, and uh, we did not awake this morning to glorious news, um, and it all has to do with ruining our society, ruining our culture, destroying the family. Let me just say this within the church. So far, we've been speaking about um, uh, public schools and uh, home, the, the necessity, how's that for a word, necessity, to get your children out of the public schools, um, no matter what, no matter what the cost to you, uh, there's no more time. And now we're looking at within the church now, too. Uh, I'm not going to give you anything that's not utterly, utterly public, Um Let's see, what is the date on this? Uh, Friday. This is Friday's date from LifeSite News. Um, and the headline is Pope Francis invites religious political leaders to sign global pact for new humanism. Did you hear that, beloved? A new humanism. And as you will see... Um, it's not a better humanism. It really is a new humanism, not the one that God gave. This is from Rome on Friday from LifeSite News. Um, and it said, many of you may have already read it, in a renewed and enthusiastic endorsement of globalism, beloved, Global, go, <clears throat> oh, I can't speak, globalism, it is an attempt to simply control the population of the world. And it will be destructive, it will be immoral, and that's what it attempts to do. Um, Pope Francis has announced he is hosting an initiative for a global pact, P-A-C-T, to create a new humanism, the global event to take place at the Vatican, on May 14th, 2020, that's next year, is themed reinventing the Global Educational Alliance. 
Can you imagine? In the scriptures, St. Paul says, what alliance has Christ with Belial, which is the devil? And now we're doing it. Now we're doing it. Now it's planned for the church, headed by the Pope, to do it. According to a Vatican statement issued Thursday, September 12th, the Pope is inviting representatives of the main religions, international organizations, and various humanitarian institutions, as well as key figures from the world of politics, economics, and academia, and prominent athletes, scientists, and socialists for uh, to sign, rather, a global pact on, you got one guess, it has four syllables, and it begins with an E, a global pact on education. So as to, quote, hang, hand on to younger generations a united and fraternal common home. And I'll tell you, beloved, it is the common home of the devil. There is no common home we have but heaven and Christianity on earth this side of heaven. We have no common home other than that. A global educational pact, it says, the Pope says, listen, a global educational pact is needed to educate us in universal solidarity and a new humanism. That's, those are Pope Francis's words on video, beloved. A Vatican-backed website launched to promote the pact added, quote, educating young people in fraternity, in learning to overcome divisions and conflicts, promote hospitality, justice, and peace. Pope Francis has invited everyone who cares about the education of the young generation to sign a global pact to create a global change of mentality through education. Beloved, that is what the communists uh, set out to do a well over a hundred years ago. And they were successful but they also failed in part. And they're failing now to have Orthodox, faithful Catholics succumb to their evil. And so now, to solve that problem, the evil has entered into the Church, and it has been bought by the very Pope himself and the hierarchy. The article continues, in a strikingly secular message containing only one throwaway reference to the Lord, and mind you, Christ was never mentioned in this article. Never mentioned. There's nothing of Christianity in this at all. Nothing. Now, I might get emails telling me it's not right to criticize the Pope. I'm simply reading what the Pope has said and what the news has uh, given us, because if LifeSite News weren't there, and people like the Society for the Public of uh, for the Protection of the Unborn Child wasn't there, 
uh, other good life site sources, life pro-life sources weren't there, how would we know all this? In a strikingly secular message containing only the throwaway reference to the Lord, one throwaway reference to the Lord, Pope Francis called on people to capitalize on our best energies and to be proactive in opening education to a long-term vision unfettered, that is, unchained by the status quo. Beloved, the evil of this world has long ago upset the status quo. The status quo, uh, the only status quo for us should be what our Lord has given us, the marching orders he has given us to be stewards of his creation and to educate our children. Our Lord never told us to build schools, and there would be nothing wrong with that if the schools were truly Christian and truly taught what our Lord um, taught and what he would have taught. Sex education, no matter how sophisticated anyone thinks it is, does not belong in any schools. That belongs at home. And there are many good books uh, that older uh, people or children or uh, teenagers before they marry can read. It is the job of the home. The article goes on to say, this, the Pope said, will result in men and women who are open, responsible, prepared to listen, dialogue, and reflect with others, and capable of weaving relationships with families between generations and with civil society, and thus to create a new humanism. Beloved, this is against, this is demonic. This is not to protect the family at all. You'll see later on, weaving relationship with families. Quoting Hillary Clinton's favorite aphorism, aphorism, it takes, quote, it takes a village to raise a child. Pope Francis asserted the need to create an educational village in which, quote, all people according to their respective roles, share this task of forming a network of open human relationship. I will, I will rephrase that. An educational village which will once and for all destroy the family and the human race. At a time, the article goes on, at a time when the right to homeschool and the right to a free choice of school are threatened, and when countries throughout the world, now this is the, um, this is the editors, this is LifeSite's commentary, not the Pope's at this point. <clears throat> at a time when the right to homeschool and the right to a free choice of school are threatened, and when countries throughout the world level taxes to provide public schooling to which no Catholic parents could safely send their child, Pope Francis omitted any reference to the prerogatives of parents as the primary educators of their children. I don't believe that was an omission on his part. It is a plan to eliminate parents to educate the children. Referencing the document on human fraternity and world peace for living together, 
which he signed with the Grand Imam, the Grand Imam of Al-Hazar in Abu Dhabi. Last February, Francis explained that in this new global village, global village, beloved, the ground must be cleared of discrimination and fraternity must be allowed to flourish. <laughs> Excuse me for that yawn. This, these, some of these words sound very nice. And the demon, the angel descri- describes, appears as an angel of light. Am I saying the Pope is demonic? No, I'm saying what he's proposing is demonic. Readers will recall that the Abu Dhabi, I, I, forgive me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, D-H-A-B-I document aroused controversy for stating that, quote, the diversity of religions is willed by God. You see, that's why the Pope can get all the religions and everybody else together. It's willed by God. It is not willed by God, beloved. It is not. There is one religion that God created, and that is Christianity. That is the the religion of those who will follow the Christ. Christianity defined is the people and the doctrine that follow what our Lord gave. In this kind of village, the Pope also said, an alliance must be forged between the earth's inhabitants and our common home, which we are bound to care for and respect. An alliance that generates peace, justice, and hospitality among all peoples of the human family, as well as dialogue between religions. If this succeeds, beloved, we're going to have that alliance forever in hell, not in heaven. This is, will wipe out Christianity. <clears throat> Readers will recall that the Abu Dhabi document aroused, excuse me, hold on. <clears throat> Sorry for my throat this morning. <clears> throat> Readers will recall that the Abu Dhabi document aroused controversy for stating that the diversity of religions is willed by God. In this kind of village, the Pope also said, an alliance must be forged between the earth's inhabitants and our common home. The earth's inhabitants and our common home which we are bound to care for and respect. An alliance that generates peace, justice, and hospitality among all peoples of the human family, as well as dialogue between religions. Not everyone is convinced that peace can be achieved by promoting the Abu Dhabi document. However, Bishop Athanasius Schneider recently observed that however noble such aims as human fraternity and world peace may be, they cannot be promoted at the cost of relativizing the truth of uniqueness of Jesus Christ and his church. I said the name of Christ wasn't mentioned 
It's not mentioned by the Pope, but it certainly is mentioned by Bishop Athanasius Snyder. In his message, the Pope said that in order to reach these global objectives as an educating village, we must, quote, have the courage to place the human person at the center, end quote, and to train individuals who are ready to offer themselves in service to the community. This is demonic. As I'm reading it, it's demonic. It's deceptive. I'm going to reread that sentence. In his message, the Pope said that in order to reach these global objectives as an educating village, we must, quote, have the courage to place the human person at the center. Isn't that what is wrong with our world today? Instead of placing Christ at the center, we place man at the center. The article goes on to say he ended his message by inviting, quote, everyone to work for this alliance and to be committed individually and within our communities to nurturing the dream of a human humanism rooted in solidarity and responsive both to the humanity's aspirations, both to humanity's aspirations and to God's plan. He threw in God's plan. This is the two don't mix, beloved. Those are just words to help Christians and moral people not to be concerned about this. We're going for God's plan. There's nothing in here that's of God's plan. Pope Francis has tasked the Vatican's congregation for Catholic education with organizing. The the initiative, according to a website dedicated to the Global Pact, the congregation oversees 216,000, excuse me, 216,000 Catholic schools attended by over 60 million pupils and 1,750 Catholic universities with over 11 million students. In explaining, in, in um, explanatory note, accompanying the Pope's message, the congregation said that the May 14th, coming up this next year, the May 14th Global Pact Initiative seeks to involve international organizations and the great ones of the earth in helping to head to heal the fracture between man and the absolute with a capital A. This is going to heal the fraction, the fracture between man and the absolute. What do you mean the absolute? What happened to God? This Because this now could be anybody's absolute. Anyone, Buddha, Muslims, anyone's absolute. What's the difference? The absolute. That's not one of God's names. And that's not the way the fracture between man and God is healed, by creating a global pact, an educational village. This is not the way. The only way that that is healed is through the death and life of Christ and those who give their lives to him. 
and are part of the church he came to establish, which he will keep till the end of time. There's no other way to heal the fracture between God and man, beloved. It also aims to heal the horizontal fracture, not just God and man, which would be verbal, uh, uh, vertical. Boy, am I messing up every other sentence. I'm so sorry. Does it mean that I'm tired? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm so sorry. Um, So Pope Francis is speaking of the verbal fracture between God and man, God between the absolute and man. But now we're speaking horizontally. And the article says it also aims to heal the horizontal fracture between men of different cultures, religions, and backgrounds. And it intends to heal the fracture between man, society, nature, and the environment. Move aside, Jesus. Nothing else will do. You didn't know how to do it. We know how to do it. We've come up with a better plan. Um... Let me repeat this. It also aims to heal the horizontal fracture between men of different cultures, religions, and backgrounds. And it intends to heal the fracture between man, society, and nature, and the environment in the face of an urgent need to create an ecological citizenship, not a heavenly one, beloved, an ecological citizenship based on sustainability and an austere responsibility. Apostle Paul says you are citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven. This is not our home. The congregation went on to say, the objective set for the next few decades aim to set up training models that take into an account, that take into account constantly increasing populations, diminishing resources, and the fact that climate change places everyone before um, a serious responsibility, places everyone before a serious responsibility, that of developing our planet in a sustainable way with an eye to the needs of future generations. This is the Pope and the congregation he established for the Global Pact. You would think this is some socialist running for president speaking. It goes on to say, this congregation, the choice of education as a ground on which to make a global pact is a priority topic in the horizon of current and future scenarios. But of course... That was the communist plan. The education was their way. Get children when they're young. Get them when they're young. They will grow up with a different mindset. It doesn't matter who the family is, what the family is, how strong they, they are. The schools will indoctrinate those children. And that's what they're going for today. Education is the key. Absolute key. And I mentioned yesterday, that's what the first bishop of the United States, Bishop John Carroll in Baltimore, also said. Catholics were not wanted in this country. They weren't allowed to vote. Um, They were persecuted. And Bishop Carroll said the only way to change the minds of society is through education of the children.
Conferences and events will be held throughout the coming year to prepare the May 14th signing of the Global Pact on Education. In May 2019, the May past, Pope Francis made a strong push for globalism, calling for a supranational, that's supra, beyond, above nations, um, legally above individual nations, so it crosses over nations, legally constituted body to enforce United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and to implement climate change policies. Beloved, how does the United Nations reach their sustainable development goals through abortion, through contraception? through euthanasia, through corrupting children and schools and families throughout the world. More, this is the last sentence, don't miss this one, beloved. More recently, during an in-flight press conference, on his return from a seven-day apostolic visit to Africa, Francis said that our duty, T-U-T-Y, duty, is to obey international institutions such as the United Nations and the European Union. We need to obey the United Nations, beloved, according to the Pope and the European Union. Um, It's Twilight Zone. It's even unthinkable that that would come from the Pope. This is the music, as you know, beloved, for our break. We will take your calls when, as soon as we return, toll-free to call or text at 1-877-511-5483. This is Father Jacek Mazur. Please join me in excerpts from a prayer by St. John Chrysostom. O Lord, deprive me not of your heavenly blessings. O Lord, deliver me from eternal torment. O Lord, shield me from evil persons and devils and passions and all other lawless matters. O Lord, who knows your creation and that which you have willed for it, may your will also be fulfilled in me, a sinner, for you are blessed forevermore. Amen. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com.
At iCatholic Radio, we're blessed to bring you the good news of Jesus Christ through the latest of technology. But don't rely on just one of your mobile devices for listening to iCatholic Radio. Download our free app to all of your Android and Apple mobile devices, ensuring you never miss a show. That's iCatholic Radio. Great Catholic programming available for download through the Google Play and iTunes stores. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. I'm thrilled to be with you, and we have an entire half hour all to ourselves. Our phone lines are wide open if you wish to call in or text at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Lucinda who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I just wanted to mention that homeschooling is just the beginning of a child's education. I homeschooled both of my children, and I thought I had given them a good Catholic foundation to build on. They both went to a secular community college and then a university because we felt we could not afford to send them to a Catholic college. At college, they took a religion class, and that was the beginning of the end of their belief in God. They are both agnostic now. They did not tell me right away uh, or try to discuss it with me. One day, my daughter told me that she was agnostic, but I really think she's an atheist and said she does not want to discuss it. If I brought up anything religious, she would get angry with me and would not talk to me for days. My son says he feels that if there is a God, that as long as he's a good person, that's all he needs. The problem now is that as of a year ago, our first and probably only grandchild was born. I mentioned getting her baptized, and my daughter was so angry with me that she did not speak to me for six months, basically until right before Felicity was born. They live in Utah. We are in Indiana. So she isn't getting any Christian influence. I pray about this every day. Hold on now. Okay. The main point, uh, Lucinda says, of this email is to remind parents that a good Christian foundation is not the end of the child's education. If you think you cannot afford to send them to a Catholic college like we did, then think about it again. Don't make the same mistake. Thank you for your time. Well, beloved, there's several things I would comment on in this email, and the fact that children go are raised in a solid, good Catholic home, and then one course of religion in secular school is the beginning of the end, it it would tell you that things were not as they should be in that home. I can tell you that without knowing this. Lucinda, uh, dear one, you haven't m- once mentioned your husband. 
at the end you said we are in Utah. Uh, that's the first mention that there might be a husband in the picture, but it is, um, uh, it's all I, it's all I. I homeschooled both of them. I thought I had given them a good Catholic education foundation to build on, but I don't know what part your husband had, if your husband was Catholic, and what kind of home you had. It it would all bear a great, great factor um, on on whether or not they were truly Catholic. Um, but as far as your point, Lucinda, I would say to parents, sacrifice everything you can to... Um, to get to help them into Catholic schools. When we this is one of when we grew up stories, there was not even a thought of parents sending their children to school. There was no money. The children worked and sent themselves to school. They worked to they worked uh, weekends, they worked maybe a, an hour or two after school every day. They worked all summer full-time two three jobs to get the money to put themselves to school. Uh, why parents think that it's totally their responsibility to send their ki- children to college, I do not know. But the fact is, you, I would not send them to a college that's not Catholic. I would not. And um, and again, not Catholic in title, but truly Catholic. So that's something for you to work on from you know the day they're born to begin to put money away for that, or let them the minute they turn. Um, I don't know, 13, uh, begin to have them mow lawns, have them put money away for their college education. At 13, as you know, a Jewish boy is bar mitzvahed. He becomes a son of the law, and he's an adult then. He's responsible for his choices and what he does. And if a family is rich enough to send them to college or contribute, that's fine. But that's not required or the standard. You need to t- teach that your children the value of hard work and being able to get what you want in life. They may not be able to go through college in four years. Maybe it'll take them 10 years. So what? They can work toward what they are going to college for. Uh, Jennifer sends an email and says, Dear Mother, I was listening to your show on Thursday, September 12th on EWTN radio. You were reading from a document, and I was floored by what you read, though deep down I know these things about the government and the damage they are doing to our children is real. I moved my children out of public school and into Catholic school years back, a very good move for them. I was wondering if you would forward the title of that document to me, I did not hear who wrote it um, or the name of it as I was driving. It is compelling and important. Thank you for your work. It is helpful, heartfelt, and holy. Thank you. Um, Thank you, dear ones, so much. Hold on a second here. Um, Well, a couple of things. On the 12th, uh, September 12th, yes, I was reading... This article <clears throat> from New American called um, Rescuing Our Children. And it was actually the whole, the whole uh, it's a special report on education. The entire magazine, which you can order. I didn't order a subscription. I ordered this one magazine. 
and I forget the price, 350 or something like that, just so I could get this one issue. And the entire magazine is devoted to rescuing our children. It's also the title of the first article, which is what I was reading on September 12th. Okay. Um, thanks, Jennifer. We're going to go to our next email, which is from Connor, who writes, Dear Mother, can you please give us a step, step-by-step, on how to navigate the Novus Ordo Daily Mass in the correct fashion? When do you personally stand and sit and kneel, etc., and why? I want to do it correctly and specifically be able to explain why I do it when asked. There's the music for our break, Connor. I'll take uh, your question right after the break. And in the interim, anyone is free to call in toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid. Call us directly and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, uh, to Mother Miriam Live. And uh, we have, oh, let's see, a good 15 minutes together. And I welcome uh, welcome your uh, questions, your texts, your emails, your phone calls. And I'll give out the number one more time. It's toll-free to call or text at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, 511 5483 or to email at com. I'll reread this very short email from Connor, who writes, Dear Mother, can you please give us a step-by-step on how to navigate the Novus Ordo Daily Mass uh, in the correct fashion? When do you personally stand and sit and kneel, etc., and why I want to do it correctly and specifically be able to explain why I do it when asked? Well, Connor, um, I know it's awfully confusing, and I'm looking at one site here, that um, one website, <clears throat> that may give that answer, um, but I don't know that it does. So uh, there is, to begin with, the germ, the general, G-I-R-M, the general instruction of the Roman Missal. And there is on that website the structure of the Mass. So it just, if you have a little patience to go through it, it's a huge document. But you can do a search down to the Mass and the rubrics, and it will tell you when to sit, when to kneel, when to stand. Um, the absolute, the absolute is to kneel at the consecration. We kneel at the consecration. Um, I think that's the only absolute. We sh- also should kneel at the Agnus Dei, but I I have a feeling that the the priest has an option whether the people sit or stand or kneel. Usually, stand or kneel at the Agnus Dei, but de- definitely at the consecration, there's no option but to kneel. I went to a Novosoto parish once. The entire there wasn't a single kneeler. The entire parish stood. And I knelt on the floor in between all of them. <clears throat> and I wasn't able to see the elevated host, but I was going to kneel. So that's an, that's an absolute. Um, everything else, my guess is you could probably follow what the congregation does, even though that differs some. But uh, go to the germ, um, general instruction, the Roman Missal, and do a search down for the rubrics of the Mass. If you have a difficult time, give Catholic Answers a call, catholic.com on the web, and ask for an apologist, and they will um, they will help you more specifically. Or I actually have the pamphlet. It's the Paul. It is the Mass of Paul the Sixth, and early on. The Mass of the Paul VI um, was not the Mass the way it's celebrated today. The priest still faced Christ, not the people. Um, it still was done quite a bit in Latin. The prayers were in Latin. Uh, there was no holding hands at the sign of the cross or exchanging the sign of peace. It was uh, quite close to the to the traditional Mass. But now people have kind of done their own thing and and there's been great abuse and irreverence. So I applaud you, Connor, for wanting to know this. So again, if the general instruction for the Roman Missal does not give that to you, you could also contact Adoramus, 
A-D-O-R-A-M-U-S, um, and Catholic Answers, and they will help you. They might even be able to help you get that pamphlet that I had. It's it's a booklet, not a pamphlet, on the Mass, the true Mass of Paul VI uh, that came out after Vatican II, and I, I can't leave the microphone to run and get it for you. We have... Um, an email from George who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I've been looking for a statuette of Mother Mary and would like to have uh, the one in your, the one like the one in your office. Is there a holy place where I may purchase even a smaller um, Blessed Virgin Mary blessings? George, dear one, you're the second one who's asked about that statue. I received it a few years ago as a gift from Peru. Uh, handmade straight from Peru. So I I would have no idea how or where to ever get a duplicate of it. But if you want good, beautiful statues of the Blessed Virgin Mother, then I would look at good Italian websites and good um, traditional Christian websites uh, with with traditional books and beautiful, beautiful statues. Okay. Um We have an email from Walter who writes, Dear Mother, I heard your September 12th answer to Jean regarding her liberating discovery regarding education. You indicated that the story of billions of years of evolution is possible. I urge you to inform yourself more about this since you are in a position to influence others. The Colby, K-O-L-B-E Institute, online <clears throat> colbycenter.org has a good has good scientific articles and they are thoroughly catholic father chad ripiger has a good article titled the metaphysical impossibility of evolution um, also there is a short video called the character of god which talks about the problems with theistic evolution and there is much more god bless you um, I mentioned, Walter, when I began to speak about this subject, that there are very good, solid Catholic theologians on both ends of the issue. Um, I don't believe, and I haven't been taught, and not, no one who has taught me believes in evolution or theistic evolution versus creationism. That's not an issue. And I mentioned clearly that no human being can be can evolve zero. You cannot evolve a soul. There is no such thing as evolution in the development of man from ape or amoeba or anything else. There's no such thing. However, there is such a thing, a possibility of evolution. But at what point when God decided to create man, he did just that. He formed man and poured into him a living soul. That's the story of Genesis. And man became poured into him a soul, and man became a living being. He did not become a living being through evolution. He became a living being by the direct creation intervention of God, who poured into his soul, uh, into his frame, a being, a human soul. So a, a human being cannot become one by education. He becomes one by the creation of God directly. And in that sense, whether Adam and Eve were created in two seconds or one second or less, or whether they 
uh, came from uh, years of evolution is not the issue. They became our first parents because God took that creation and poured into it a, a soul and he became a living being. So that's my understanding of it. And again, it's not one versus the other that I understand. Um, so the metaphysical impossibility of evolution, um, yes, you cannot have a human being from an amoeba or from an ape. You cannot have a creature, an animal, uh, though he may evolve into new forms of creature, you cannot have um, uh, someone without a mind, without a will, without the abil- God's image, the ability to reason and to have a will. You cannot have that from evolution. That is the direct creation of God. Um I'm not able to do better than that at this moment. You could call Catholic Answers, um, and um, I, I don't know what else Father Chad Ripperger, rather, who I admire and respect, uh, would say about the impossibility of evolution. Again, man does not evolve. His soul is a direct creation of God. And in my mind, in the minds of great theologians in the church, and I'm not one of them for sure, um, not a theologian at all, um, but in the mind of theologians, that does not eliminate evolution. So I can't do more than that at the moment. I will I will look into it more. In fact, I think Pope Benedict did a good job on this, and I will I will look that up. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Mother Miriam, I went to a retreat with Father James Blount, or Blunt, B-L-O-U-N-T, um, at the Malvern Retreat House in Pennsylvania. He told everyone, a few hundred attended the retreat, that if we pray, quote, O precious blood of Jesus Christ, save us and the whole world, end quote, 500 times, this will free us of a demon. I thought of that poor man and called in who was, I thought of that poor man that called in who was addicted to pornography. Please call him up and tell him to go in front of the Blessed Sacrament and do this. God wants to see us exercise his will, God's will. That is why he wants the person to pray it 500 times. Father Blount also said that we could pray it for family members. This man could also attend Father Jim Blount's retreat and ask for a special appointment after retreat for assistance if he is not already healed at his service. Um, And she goes on to say, or he, uh, please do not take my word for any of it. You can call his ministry Insult Society of the uh, of Our Lady of the Holy Trinity in Atlanta to verify all I said is indeed true, and will deliver this gentleman most respectfully. Um, well, I'm not going to call him, dear one, and tell him it's true and that God will deliver him. I will never do that, because God delivers whom He wills in the way He wills, in the way He wills. I don't know where Father got this from. I'm not against. Um, saying the words, O precious blood of Jesus, save us in the whole world. I'm not against saying those words. They're beautiful words. If someone understands what they mean and asks with a reverent, humble heart, 
There's nothing wrong with them, but there's no magic formula. There is no magic formula. Uh, It depends on the heart of the person, and it doesn't mean that someone who doesn't pray that will not be saved or will not be freed of addiction. Father Chad Ripiger is pretty top in this area of deliverance, um, and I I don't know that he has ever uh, said that. So um, uh, I don't say it's not true. I say blessed be God for it, but um, it is um, it is not something we can tell someone as a formula. There's so many quote-unquote, beloved, formulas going around of prayer, of doing this, of doing that. We don't control God. We don't control God. And um, uh, we cannot say that. We can say what has happened to this priest or what he's learned. How did he learn it? I don't know. Let him Let him teach that. And we can try anything we want. But many people have tried what has healed others, and they're not healed by it. And then they they are against God. The formulas don't heal us. God heals us. And I don't, um, again, I don't put down the formula that you want to help people with to pray, but I I will not acknowledge that they will heal everyone who will do that. Um, well, beloved, there we go. We have uh, we're we're out of calls. We're out of emails. My goodness, you're slow today, everyone. Um, and we're out of text. So we have just a couple of minutes left, and I will, um, let's see, uh, at least uh, go back to this. The, the Well, I won't. Let's see now. What shall I do? I normally will take questions the whole last half. I read you that article this morning on um, uh, on the news from LifeSite. There's another article I received. There's no way that I'll be able to read it to you. We just have a minute or two left. But it is from uh, the Society of the Protection of Unborn Children, and it is from their their director, John Smeaton. They're based in England, and they are part of the Voice of the Family Coalition, as is LifeSite News, which, and I support them... uh, I support them in every single way and without end. They are absolutely fantastic. And the title of today's article, beloved, says, Vatican's and Catholic's Bishops, Promotion of Dangerous Teaching on Sex Education Will Add Fuel to the Raging Fire of Child Abuse. You see, the Vatican and the Catholic's Bishops' Promotion of dangerous teaching on sex ed. This isn't the world. This isn't public school. This is the church now, beloved. We need to wake up or we will lose our children and our very lives. We'll speak with you in the morning.